Hallelujah. Glory to God forevermore. Praise God. I welcome us to every one of us out there to another edition of Faith for Dominion. And I, it gladdens my heart to know that you are out there listening to God's word and being blessed by God's word. It's time for us to listen to God's word and be blessed. I want you to please share this link with your friends, share it with your neighbors, share it with your colleagues. It's always a time when we have the breakfast and when we have our lunch break for us to listen to 30 minutes of God's word. I come your way every Wednesday like this at 12 noon. And I believe depending on what part of the world you are watching, you can always tune in and be blessed. Amen. I welcome us again. Last week we started this teaching on the dimension of the potter in faith. The dimension of the potter in faith. And uh, it's been wonderful. I mean, the response has been so wonderful. And I want you, if you have not listened to that of last week, please take time to visit last week's teaching and be blessed. Please listen to it that you can connect very well. I would not repeat everything we said last week. It's always a great time when we take time to connect them together. Shall we have a word of prayer? Our Father in heaven, we thank you for bringing us together again tonight, today. We are very grateful because you are a prayer answering God and unto you shall all flesh come. We thank you especially because you are always willing to speak to us and you speak to us from time to time. It is time to learn at your feet. Lord Jesus, speak to us. Let your word come to us expressly and let your name alone be glorified. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Yes, we continue from where we stopped last week, where we were drawing the analysis, the drawing an, an analogy between the potter and the clay. And last week we were able to establish that the potter is the most high and the clay are us human beings. And we were able to establish last week that, listen, you don't need to kill yourself because you want to be somebody else, because you want to be something else outside what the potter has made us. Now let us go into the scripture as we, establish, as we establish this fact and we go forward today. I want us to look at the book of Jeremiah. <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter, chapter 18, Jeremiah 18, 3 to 4. So I did as he told me and found the potter working on, at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over again. Why did this did the potter have to go through this? Because the jar that the potter had put on the wheel did not turn out the way he wanted it to turn out. Basically because maybe this clay was trying to be something else. The potter was trying to make it a jar. And this clay was saying, no, I'll rather be, I'll rather be made a bucket or I'll rather be made a plate. And then it was turning out. So the, 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 pot, the potter had to break it down and start all over again. This tells us that there are many of us who are possibly not being who God wants us to be. We are trying to use our faith, our faith to be something else, to be somebody else. Why? Because you have not taken time to know who God has made you to be. Please note this. God has made us as different vessels. And there is nothing you can do about it. There is nothing that you can do about it. If you try to be somebody else, you cannot be fulfilled. You cannot reach your mandate. You cannot reach your goal. And that is where we have a lot of frustration around in the body of Christ. Because all of us cannot be eyes. All of us cannot be the hands. All of us cannot be the legs. 
and there is no way the legs will want to become the eye, no matter how much you express your faith, or you put out your faith out there to say you want to be the leg, the leg wants to be the hand, it's not possible. It is important every one of us must discover who we are and we stay in the place of purpose. In the place where God has called us into. In the place where God has called us into so that we can be who God wants us to be. Now look at this. The potter was, the potter had to crush the clay and start all over again. Now when you look into the scripture, when you look at Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 64, 64, 18. Isaiah 64, 18, he says, And yet, O Lord, you are our father we are the clay you are the potter we all are formed by your hands further establishing the fact that look god is the one that has made every one of us he's the one that has made us the clay and he's the one that has made us the vessel that we have to be now listen for you to be made and when people are going through the process of being made you realize that it's not always a walk in the park at times it's not always a walk in the park I was sharing with somebody today, we was discussing with someone today, I mean, in Africa, and we were discussing. And it was, we, we, now we are looking at the process that God takes every one of us. And I tell you sincerely, it is the same model. It is the same model. God will always try us. God will always test us. God will always check us up to know exactly what is in our heart. God will always use us within the place where he has made us. Now look at Paul the Apostle. Paul said, I magnify my ministry. It depends on you how much you magnify what God has committed into your hands. What God has committed into your hands is will determine how you concentrate on what God has put into your hands, will determine how far he will use you when it comes to this. Now, what are the lessons that we can learn from this portion of the scripture? Talking about the dimension of the potter in our exercise of faith. Number one, we have to know that the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us the roadmap to where he wants us to go. He is the Holy Spirit that gives us the roadmap to where he wants us to go. And if he is the only one that gives us the roadmap, then we must stay within that route of the roadmap he has given to us. If he has given us, a, if he has given me, for example, a roadmap to stay and teach the word and be and teach the word and be a blessing. It will be wrong of me to now say, I want to live where he has called me. And I say, because I love people who drum. So I want to go and begin to drum. Or I want to go and begin to sing. Even if I am making waves in that area, maybe because of some, um, of some transferred giftings and talents, transferred skill set. Remember, I am not coined, I am not designed to be a singer. I'm designed to teach the world, to, to show people the way on how to navigate their paths, even into dominion, into faith, and into who God wants them to be. So if I begin to sing and everybody says I sing well, deep down, I am not being who God wants me to be. I will not be, there will come a time I will be a round peg in a square hole. There will come a time I won't be fulfilled. So it is important for everyone to know exactly, Lord, where do you want me to be? Where have you apportioned to me? Where is my lot? Where is my lot? Where is my place? Once you discover you stay there, it may look like there is no activity there. God does not mark or does not reward as a result of activity. God rewards as a result of obedience. God does not reward activity. He rewards obedience. Are you obedient to where God has called you to? 
Now, listen, you may say, well, I'm not making so much waves like that person. Don't bother yourself. God is not going to judge you in line with the grace he has given to the other person. He's going to reward everyone and judge everyone in line with the grace that he has made available to you. Yeah, in line with that grace has made available to you. If he has given you the grace to stay in the place of prayer, stay there. If he has given you the grace to stay in the to be in the place of hospitality, stay there. All you just need to do is to magnify that ministry. That is the vessel God has made you to be. Number two, we all have to realize that we are the clay, and it takes a process to it takes a process to give to be who God wants you to be. It takes a process. Now. The mistake a lot of people make is a lot of people look at the final stage of somebody else without looking at their own process, where they are in the process. You don't need to look at somebody else to be judged where you are today. No, because every everyone's life is in seasons. The season in which you are may be the season in which we are, you are currently on the wheel. Or you may be in the season wherein you have been taken away from the wheel and you have been put on the shelf to dry up. So you don't go out now and look at somebody whose season is possibly completed. After you have been put on the shell and you have dried up a bit, then the season will come again. When you think you've had a respite, you know you are comfortable, oh, you are in your comfort zone. And another season will come again when the, the potter will take you from the shelf and he will put you in the oven and then turn on the heat. When the heat begins to come, the, the, the vessel may be thinking, well, I think it's going to be, it's going to be, but at a point, the temperature goes as high as 2,000 degrees, at which the vessel is never comfortable. Never comfortable. And then it looks like, oh, God does not love me. That's the season a lot of people call the wilderness experience. That's the season which some people call the dry season. Listen, no matter the season, know that God is in it with you. No matter the season in which you are. Has God called you to start a business and you are not making profit? Now stay there as soon as God has spoken to you. Stay there because it is when you are there that is where your season will change and you will get to where you ought to get to. Are you called into ministry? Stay there. No matter what anybody may be telling you that you are not doing, oh, we think he's not doing this. God did not, God did, God did not call them. He didn't give them that assignment. He gave you the assignment. And you got to stay there. It is in the place of your assignment that your reward is. You can't walk. In, uh, you can't be working in, in a particular field and expect to go and reap a reward in another place. Your reward is in the place where you are called. Your reward is not in another place's place. So it is important. Has God called you to work with somebody? Has God called you to start something? Stay there. You may not be having the result that you expect to have, but stay there. Stay there and you will see God manifest himself through you. Not so it is important. It is God that determines the process in which you are going and you have to know where you are. You have to know the season in which you are. Are you in the, the season where you are just in a raw state? Or you are in the season where you have been put in the wheel, on the wheel? Or you are in the season where you have been taken away from the wheel and put in the shell? Or possibly in the season where you are put in the heat, in the oven, going through a temperature of about 2,000. Now listen, a lot of people are going through that temperature, they are going through the heat, through the oven. But they jump out from the oven and they don't allow their season to be complete. There is great danger in that because God is the potter. He knows exactly when to bring you out of the oven. He knows exactly when to stop the heat. And he knows that that heat is not going to kill you. He knows that heat is not going to crush you. That heat is meant to make you who he wants you to be. Now you can take for example, look at the young boy called Joseph. At the age of 17, he had a dream and he had a group of many colors. But God knew that, look, 
I can't take Joseph straight to the throne. He needs to go through a process. He came to his brothers. They took him up. They put him in the pit. From the pit, they sold him out into to the, to the Midianites. And from there, they took him out. To, they sold him to Potiphar's house. He got to Potiphar's house. He was diligent. He was committed. Don't tell me a young boy of 17, 18, 19 during those periods as a teenager would not be crying once in a while to think of his brother who sold him. Would not be thinking of his parents. Would not be thinking of his mom. Would not be thinking of his father. He would be thinking of the, all those periods. Especially when he was born even from a woman that had died. So you can imagine. He would be thinking of he was one of He was his father's favorite. There were times he was going through it. From the age of 18, he went through all those processes for seven, for 13 good years. He was moving from the out of Potiphar. Right from the out of Potiphar, he moved into the prison. And when he got into the prison, he would have thought that, well, I think this dream is lost. I think I don't, what I thought, the vessel God made me, I think I've missed it out. I think I've missed it. I think I've totally missed it. But what can I say? I could see such a wonderful dream, see such a beautiful um, beautiful dream, a beautiful future. And here you see me being sold into slavery, not even a slave alone, a prison, a slave that is now a prisoner, not even a free slave. But you know what? He was going through that process. 2,000 degrees. Um, Joseph got into the, into the prison, into the dungeon, being a slave. But you know what? He kept at it. And at the end of it all, one single day, when he had gone through the test, he was called out, and in 24 hours, he woke up a prisoner and he slept, the prime minister. But you know what? That process was completed, and he got to the, he got to the, he got to the throne. He got to be the second person in the history, I mean, in, in hierarchy in Egypt. Before that time, there was no vote, there was no position like the prime minister in Egypt, but it was created because of the assignment that Joseph had to do. Now listen to me. Go again and listen. Your reward is in the place of your assignment. Your faith is found, is made expressly done. It will function expressly well in the place of your assignment. Don't leave the place of your assignment. Don't be in a hurry. Your reward, your faith is best exercised in the place of your assignment. You cannot be exercising faith in the wrong assignment. And expect heaven and expect heaven to back you up. So you have to know. We know that story of Joseph. Eventually, when he got to the throne, do you have you ever thought of it? Who are the major people who will be coming to buy grains? The men would have gone to the field. It was the women that would be coming to buy grains. And look at that. Joseph had passed the test. Passed the test. When Potiphar's wife came to him and said, "Come and lie with me." So there were so many girls, so many ladies that would be training themselves onto Joseph because people needed to eat, people needed to feed. Widows were coming, young ladies were coming, different people were coming, but it was not going to break. It was not going to break. Why? Because he had passed the test before getting to the throne. That heat you are going through is a major, major part to your final destination. Are you working with under somebody, and then you are not putting your best to it? You cannot be a master if your heart is not there. That is the truth. Because you are going through. You are going through it. God will teach us patience. He will teach us a lot of things when we are going through these 2,000 degrees. And that is when we all have to have the faith to trust and hold on to him, even when it doesn't look like it. Number three lesson. We must pass through the fire. 
we must all pass through the fire. Look at Romans 5, 3. Romans chapter 5, verse 3. Look at what the scripture says there. It says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. They help us develop endurance. When we go through it, Romans 5, 3. Romans 5, 3. Say, we can rejoice too. We rejoice when we run into problems. When we run into problems and trials. We run into problems and trials. For we know. Look at that word. For we know that they help us to do what? They help us develop endurance. Endurance. Now you are going into that relationship. You are going into marriage. You are not going through this process. Listen carefully. When you get into marriage, you will need a lot of endurance. You will need a lot of endurance. And this position you are going to as a young lady, you as a young man, is what will teach us. We all will know what God is using to teach. Now, I was talking with a young guy some time ago. He was into academics. I mean, he was reading what we were talking about. Certificate. And I said, look, many, only a very few, very few, will actually use their certificate as a means of livelihood. But one thing the education does when we go through it is that you will have to sit down. You will have to be tenacious. You will have to burn the midnight lamp. That endurance, that capacity to be able to stay and for long hours of reading, for long hours of studying, for long hours of brainstorming, or long hours of, of sharpening your mind, what you are going through during those academic periods, you may not need it. You may not need it when you get on the job. However, you realize but the, the, the lesson, the, the, the tenacity, the, ten, the tenacity you put into it, they are the things that you will need in life, in life. They are the things that you will need in your marriage. They are the things that you will need when the situation looks at you and it's, you study and study and study and you think you've passed it and you just realize that you, oh, I made a mistake. I didn't read the question well. So therefore you were expecting an A, but you got a C. And say, oh, you don't quit from school because of that. What do you do? You get up again and say, next time I will learn to do it. That's how it is. And that's the lesson you take along in marriage. You take along in business. You take along in life, in everything. So these are things that we go through. We go through, when we pass through the fire, those things, according to Romans chapter 5, it says, we run into trouble, into problems and trials. For we know that they help us to develop when <laughs> and they develop endurance. So you don't realize that you realize that you're not quitting. And that is the danger of the of the new millennium, the young people who are coming up. They can't hold on to things for we can't hold on to things for so long. Please don't do it. You have to learn endurance to be tenacious. You can't be changing jobs from every day because you meet a boss here and it's not cooperating with you. You don't expect what you think is giving you crap. So because of that, you look up, look for another job and you are moving and moving from place to another. That attitude, if you don't watch it, if you don't check it, it will get also into marriage. That's why we have a lot of divorce because people don't want to endure. There is, there is, you don't think that you and your spouse will always be on the same page on everything. No. But note this, you and your spouse should not always quarrel. If you're always quarreling, that's a big, that's a big challenge. But once in a while, you may not be on the same page. You have to learn endurance. I was, someone sent me a message recently and told me, I think she got married about a year, two years ago. 
and you know now wrote me that i'm sorry we've called it quit it's it bleeds it makes my heart bleed why because people cannot understand except in case of strong abuse wherein life is threatened please endure there is a lesson god has wants you to learn and before you get into that meridian you will have gotten a prototype of it You'd have gotten a prototype. You would have learned one thing. Now look at, let's look at another scripture. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Hebrews 12, 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Now look at what the scripture says here. It says, we do this by keeping our eyes. How do we go through all this, this endurance? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. He initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now, he is seated in the place of honor, beside God, beside God's throne. He's seated in the place of honor. But look at one thing. Look at a few things there. He says, we are able to go through all this because we keep our eyes on Jesus. Now, why do we keep our eyes on Jesus? To be able to learn what Jesus Christ went through. To be able to learn from him. Jesus Christ said, come and learn from me. For my body is light and my yoke is easy. Come and learn. Jesus Christ is constantly teaching. Constantly teaching. He says, now, he said, we keep our eyes on him to learn. Now, who is this person we keep our eyes on? He said, he's the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Why did he do this? Because of the joy that was set ahead of him. He did what? He endured the cross. You can't tell me Jesus Christ going to the cross was like a walk in the park. He was not just whistling and throwing a bunch of keys and just whistling and throwing a bunch of keys and going to the cross. He wasn't smiling to the cross. He wasn't laughing to the cross. No, no, no. In fact, he had an experience that he never experienced on earth. While he was on earth, when God had to abandon him while he was on the cross. God had to abandon him. He said, Lord, Father, why have you forsaken me? God had never forsaken Jesus. But he went through it. But what kept his focus was the joy that was set before him. What is that joy? The joy is for every one of us who are not Jews, who are now engrafted into the body of Christ to be a, to be a partaker of the covenant blessing of Abraham. For someone like every one of us, Europeans, Africans, Asians, who have not been a part of the covenant blessing, who can now engrafted in. And now we have now become the spiritual Jew. We have now qualified to take benefit of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Exactly. So we, have, we are able to take benefit of it. Jesus Christ saw all this. He saw the nations of the earth. While he was on that, he came only for the Jews. But after he died, the whole earth have now become children, sons of God, children of God. He endured the cross. He endured the cross. Another lesson we learned from this, which is the last one, is the, the hotter the furnace, the finer the vessel. You have to know that. Now, what you are going through, it may look extremely hot. Possibly you have just lost your job. Or possibly you have there is no money in your bank account or possibly you are spending your savings because there is no inflow again listen to me listen carefully god is going is teaching you through he's taking you through a process 
is taking through, and all of everybody must go through it. If they're taking through a process, don't throw in the cow, the, the, the towel. Don't look for shortcuts. Go through the process. Don't abort the process. Don't abort the process of the vessel being made. Go through it. Joseph could have aborted the process if he had slept with the wife of Potiphar. And he would never have got into the truth because he would never have been able to meet that buckler that went to talk about him before the king. He would have aborted the process. Don't abort the process. Be calm. You might be going through the furnace now. Be calm. Go through it. Learn the lesson you have to learn. Don't waste the pains. Do a lot of writing at this time when you are going through it, knowing fully that God is with you. He, will, he has promised never to leave you nor forsake you. Always remember, he cannot leave you. He cannot leave you stranded. It is not consistent with his nature. He will not leave you stranded. I'm going to stop here. Are you there listening to me? You are about, you are about to abort this process. Number one, don't abort it. Or are you there? You are not even born again. The process has not started. You need to start this process so that you can be who God wants you to be. So that at the tail end of your life, you will not look back to regret. And when is the regret? When you go to hell. Do you want to give your heart to Jesus by you surrendering to him? It is very simple. You don't need to pay. You don't need to make any sacrifice. Jesus Christ made the sacrifice. Let us pray. Now let's say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I come to you today to accept you as my Lord and Savior. I am sorry for my sins and I ask for forgiveness. I accept you into my life as my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart that you died and rose from the dead and I confess you as my Lord. Today, I give my heart to you. Today, I am born again. Amen. Congratulations. Welcome to the body of Christ. You are born again now. I want you to look for a Bible-believing church. And please enter in there. Go meet the pastor. Tell them you are just giving your heart to Christ and that you want to grow. Get a Bible. Start studying the scripture. Begin to feed on the word of God. And you will see yourself coming out as a shining star. I want to pray for everyone right now. Are you there? You are going through a challenge. You don't understand. Jesus will reach out to you. God is about to turn your story around. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your word we have had this afternoon. We thank you for your word we have had today. I ask, oh God, that you will cause this word to gain entrance into our spirit. Help us to be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving ourselves. Lord, help us, everyone who have listened to this word. Let this word stay in our spirit. Let this word stay in our heart. And let this word, oh God, begin to bring forth fruits. That when we get to crossroad, the fruit that is being born shall be able to speak for us on that day. Thank you, Father. I rebuke everything that brings oppression and disease into your life in the name of Jesus. And I pray that the eyes of your understanding be open to be able to understand the season in which you are in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. God bless you. It's so nice coming your way. Till I come your way again next week, always remember, we walk by faith and not by sight. See you next week.